You're listening to a podcast from 702 and Cape Talk. The Literature Corner. And with us in studio is the excellent, well-loved South African author uh, who has written the book, The Ones with Purpose. And I'm delighted to see the book has got many of you excited when I said that she was coming uh, on the show today. Uh, of course, many of you are familiar with her book, Happiness is a Four-Letter Word, to much um, acclaim and also cinematic uh, representation of it. It had done incredibly well, uh, not just commercially, but also just in terms of how many of you fell in love with her writing. Noziswe, Duruzile. Cynthia Jelle. Hey, that's a lot. It's a lot. I that's know. a lot. So many names. <laughs> so it's so many grand. Names. And I use them all interchangeably. When do you actually. use which ones? Because I make up names for myself. Oh, really? If I order pizza and I think the other person is anglicized, then yes. I'm Jason. Oh, okay. If I think that they are black, black, yes. then I say sepal. Oh, okay. But my excuse is not that I'm trying to be dodgy. Right. There's only so many times that I can spell Eusebius without getting annoyed. Yeah, sure. What's your excuse sure. for no Zizwe, Duduzile, Cynthia? Um, actually, where they're all my name. Um, my dad gave me the name no Zizwe. My dad is what my mom is doing. She, he gave me the name no Zizwe. But back then, um, no Zizwe is not a common in, in the Zulu um, in the Zulu culture. It's there, but it's not as common. So my mother's side of the family was like, no, we're not giving this child this name. So they gave me Tutuzile. Mm. And so I became Tutuzile, but my dad always referred, called me Noziswe. And then when I started primary school, remember, we had to have like an English you name. You were Cynthia before we were woke. I, will, I know. So my uncle, who was like 15 at the time, gave me the name Cynthia. Like, yeah, and it was just that. So which one and do you prefer now? I prefer Nozizwe because uh, my dad passed on in 2010 okay. and just in keeping it to his memory. So I'm using Nozizwe. Welcome to the show, Nozizwe. Thank you. Thank you. Artist formerly known as Cynthia. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember years ago on when I was starting out my career, yes. I was profiling Cooley Roberts. Yes. Um, and Cooley is thoroughly middle class. Sure. The whole family. I love them to bits. Yes. But of course, she's, she's cultivated this public image yes. as if... She runs a shabin on a Saturday morning back at the ranch. The dad's a math professor. The mom, you know, the, the whole family yeah, yeah, is something, the, you, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. So I'm doing this interview on Talk at Nine here on 702. And she's trying very hard to be streetwise as she is. <laughs> until I get one caller who calls in and says, Cooley, I don't know if you'll remember me. I was your junior at DSG private school in Grahamstown. Right. But back then, back then you were Cynthia. Right, <laughs> she wanted right, to die right, or whatever English right, name was. Right. So we all have a past. No, we all have a But past. we will respect you and we will call you Nozis. We're welcome to the show. Congrats on this Thank excellent you. book. Thank you so much. Thank you. Can we first talk around the book? When you have an excellent book preceding your next one, ask the similar question of Reedy Clavi. Is there nervousness like, oh my God, happiness is a four letter word, was amaze balls. We went viral. Yeah, and now you've got this thing coming out. How will the public react? Yeah, as a as a writer, how do you deal with that? Because let's face it, it's yeah. nice to be liked. Yeah, we all like to be liked, right? Um, but yeah, and it's and it's that, but it's also because it's the, the 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 content is different, like East and West, right? Um, happiness was lively. It was you know um, a book about aspiration. It was glamorous, and then here yeah, I'm talking about death. Right. So you worry about that. I worried a lot about my readers. I worried. I, I thought and having been absent in the in the literary space for so long, I thought um, part of me was nervous that um, there's an expectation that I'm going to come back with happiness, too. 
<laughs> There's only so much happiness one can do, right? It's, and, and happiness is a burden. Yes, yes. Right? And happiness just took on its life. and it just, Not yeah. happiness as in your work, it's but like being perpetually being happy. happy. Yeah. yeah, and what is that, yeah. right? Yeah, that's why it is a four-letter word. Yeah, but so yeah, I, I, I did worry about uh, my readers and the expectation, but I also realized that you know, um, they're also getting older. We, we're experiencing life differently. It's like there's they certain things that mm. are now much more important to us than, say, living in Sentin and owning, you know, like driving like the latest car or mm. climbing your career. So there's just much, life is just becoming a little bit more intimate. Let me read the opening paragraph and then you're going to oh. give them a synopsis. Okay. I imagined a dying person's last breath as something resembling an exclamation mark, distinct, and hanging midair like an interrupted thought. My older sister Fakile's last breath before she dies is nothing of the sort. There is no rattling noise at the back of her throat, no relentless twitching, no clinging to life. Fakile dies with no more fuss than a switch of a light bulb. Yo. <laughs> Bring your own tissues. <laughs> Without giving too much detail away, tell my listeners who haven't yet bought the book, they're going to do so after the show, yes. what the basic plot is. So it, it centers around Figile, who um, has just died um, from, from, from breast cancer. And it looks at, it's told through Anele, who's um, her sister. And it looks at the life of Figile, who's this Figile, and the life of um, Figile's family. So it's, it's told through the eyes of understanding um, the journey that this person has taken in this life and why we should care about her. So it follows, yeah, the Mapusa family. And there's an interesting technique that you've used. It's, it's, it's been used by other writers and you executed very well. In terms of the timeline, most of the novel really happens as the lead up to the funeral and the funeral proceedings and that has to happen. Yeah. And that's a short space of time. Yeah. But you use that and then of course you go from the present to the flashback and you tell us the backstories. Right. How does, how does one go about making that kind of choice as a device? And how difficult is it as opposed to the from cradle to grave option? So for me, so when I was writing it initially, it was just a story and it was just going on and it could have ended, you know, there could have been more um, past the funeral. But I realized that it was getting too big and um, the, the flashbacks were necessary. But I realized it was getting too big, so I needed to confine it to that week leading up to the funeral. So... If you have that confinement, you can only talk about so much. You can only touch on certain issues. So you have to be, um, you have to be clear which issues you want to bring up front. You want to, to go deeper into, um, cause I mean, it's a lot of, um, heavy, mm. heavy themes. Um, but some I just like touch on them and the reader has to fill that story. So it was, I didn't know that it was a technique. You know, that's the thing about <laughs> creative writing. So you just write, uh, you just write what feels, what feels right and you you cut and you change the story and you go back and forth and you choose the uh, and, and you choose how you're going to tell the story and you choose your voice it's just something that that you just do um i i, I didn't know so when i saw somebody mentioned this like it's yeah the it's academic a, academics <laughs> like oh okay great great i didn't know i was just writing a story but i understood um that i needed to limit it to um to 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 to, to a certain yeah. timeline otherwise it got so big i mean the initial draft was maybe twice the the size of this mm. book but it just became too um overwhelming and mm. um convoluted and i just needed to start stripping it um and 
Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about some of the, the characters and uh, give them a little bit of volume yeah. so that the public has a taste. Can yeah. you hear a funny noise here, Abel? I'm not sure where that is coming from. Uh, is that a, a message from Fakile through your, through your bag? <laughs> Fakile is talking to me. <laughs> she's talking to you. Yeah. She wants to tell you what to tell the listeners about, about uh, whatever her, she might yeah. be. Now, she's fascinating, right? Because she's a complex character. There's yeah. many parts to her. Yeah. Mom loses her job because mom has got a drinking problem. Mom is burdened. Mom is also complex in that sense. Because mom has to raise all of these kids. But eventually, as moms are wont to do, not all moms, but some moms, she gets fired by the madam because there was one occasion too many when mm. she messed up at work. Mm. And for Keila, like many of our, and all of us have an older sister or older cousin in the extended family, mm. they become like, like a surrogate. So yeah. they take on all sorts of roles. Yeah. And, and I thought that's fascinating. So Fakila isn't only someone that has breast cancer mm. and dies from cancer. She's also someone that is recognizable in our families in so many other ways. Yeah, because um, Fakila is the well, is a, is a girl and Fakila is the firstborn. Mm. And um, there's so much expectations, I guess, um, in, in our families um, that children have to take on a certain role or a certain responsibility, especially when a parent or one member of the family cannot fulfill that role. So she is thrown into this at age 16 um, when her mom um, suffers her, her depression and goes into this dark hole, mm. you know. Um, and she either has to get on with it, make a plan, or just run away, I guess. And she chooses to make a plan because she's, she's got two younger siblings, Anele and Umbuso, who are like 11 and 6 at the time. It, it, it always feel, I always feel like I'm also that person at home. Uh, it's not as, it's not as, um, it's not as um, difficult as figure situation, but you're always the firstborn um, from my mother's side. And I always have to take care of things. And it's just an, you know, it's something that I have to do. Um, and you don't process it, you get on with it, right? Because when Madam brings back mom and says, here's some clothes to get you going, here's yeah, some money, yeah. don't give it to your mom, you know what yeah. you might do to it. The Madam whispers into it. I mean, there's no time for you to even process that a part of your late teenage years are being stolen from you. You're now being catapulted yeah, into yeah. adulthood. You simply get on with you it. You just simply get on with it. And the getting on with it is actually very problematic in many ways, right? It was problematic for Ma because Ma suffered a trauma mm. earlier before mm. before Baba passed on. Um, and that trauma, Ma was just expected to get on with it. There was no support. There was no talking about it. Um, and yeah, so you expected to get on with it. It's the same thing now with, um, always say with funeral, like, you know, black people don't grieve. What is that to us? Cause mm. you're supposed to just get on with things. Roll up um, your yeah, just roll up your sleeve, get the funeral going. Um, then Monday morning, get up and go to work. End of story. So yeah, the the getting on with it is um, just needs solution. We need to think about um, certain things. I think. When you talk about the research you've had to do, tell us why it is that you focused in this novel on the dying process, yeah, death itself, and then obviously the preparation of the funeral, but also we can die from so many things. Yeah. We can die from depression, car accidents, cancer. We never speak about. We whisper it. 
I think many of us are even more comfortable to speak about HIV than about yeah, cancer. Yeah. Why cancer? Precisely for that, right? We we don't talk about it, and um, and and it's fascinating when I go to these um, book clubs. Um, been going to a lot of book clubs lately, and almost everyone, every single member of the book club has been touched by cancer in one way or that another. Um, whether it's through a family that has suffered through it, a friend or a colleague, but we still talk about it in whispers, right? So I wanted to just open it up, and sometimes you. People say, oh, I, I didn't think about it that way until I read about it, right? And and it's such a common story and it's such a common narrative. I did that about, uh, when I started the book. I, st- um, I started about um, writing about HIV, but then you realize that HIV is still there, it's still prevalent, and it's still um, it, it's still relevant that we talk about it. But um, cancer seems to be, you know, we seem to be taking a lot of our lives, especially 100%. young people, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know um, how how many of my friends that have been touched by it, how many of people like my age, and it's it's also just that thing with with us and this generation of just the kind of illnesses that um, we 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 seem. I mean, I'm sure they have always been there but now because mm. they're becoming much more in the public and we're talking mm. more about them that it's just so hectic like, yeah so so yeah so cancer for me was very intentional mm. it was very much about creating awareness about what it is and it was around how families deal with it okay. or um, whether families have enough coping mechanism to deal with this situation before we take our first break i want you to read here for me from page 241 until where it says they would snap accusingly. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, 241. I have been anticipating this moment since the day my sister told me, since the day my sister told me Dr. T- Dr. Tusi had found a lump on her left breast. I never thought it possible for one to experience a myriad of conflicting feelings at the same time. I am furious that the cancer lodged itself in my sister's perfectly healthy body, feasted and left it lifeless. I am furious that I carry the fear of our future in my breath, my voice, my strides. I look at Ma and know I could never leave her, but I'm relieved that my sister is dead that I can finally swallow the bitter lump wedged in my throat all those years just waiting. I think of Figula's illness as a monster freak storm, the thing that comes and destroys and alters everything along its path, the thing that forces one to reprioritize and rebuild. There were days when Figula's cancer did not exist in my mind, days when I went to work and joined the office born again who prayed for my sister in the open morning prayer because, as Ma said, Figile needed all the positive wishes she could get. Days when I drafted budgets that were always overspent and dealt with irate procurement officers who stormed my office demanding explanation for unprocessed supplier payment. This is how we kill small businesses in this country and then wonder why the economy remains stagnant, they would snap accusingly. 
That's Naziz Wichela reading from The Once with Purpose. If you've read the book, you want to ask a question, tell me what you made of it. Give us a call on 011-883-0702 if you are in Cape Town on 021-446-0567. It deals with multiple themes. We're not going to give you all of it because we want you to go and buy the book. It deals with cancer. It deals with dying, which is distinct from death itself, funeral. It deals with inappropriate power relationships between older men and younger women. It deals with patriarchy in our families and how differently boys are treated to girls in family. So it really is a very complicated but a very familiar portrait of a black family in the South African context with some universal themes. The Literature Corner. 28 minutes after 11 o'clock, we are hanging out with Nozizwe and talking about her book, The Once With Purpose. Can I have my copy back? Thief, you've got your own author's editions of it. <laughs> on page 61, the following happens. I just want to read from it, and then we're going to pause on this theme. I'll be giving you a taste of the different themes. Mpuso, the prodigal son, is calling. I walk out of the room before Ma or Auntie Betty's prying eyes can turn my way before they know it's him on the line. It's too soon to mention his name and evoke emotions. Open, unhealed wounds. I can imagine how coming home after such a long time must be nerve-wracking for Mbuso like a Kumbulekaya episode. In today's episode of Kumbulekaya, we bring you Mbuso Mabuza, who is returning home after many years of absence. Camera zooms to a nervous-looking but determined Mbuso in a crisp pink shirt and khaki cargo pants, trendy brown loafers. Ma runs out of the house into Mbuso's hesitant arms. Why, my child, why have you forsaken us? She wails. Mbuso glances at the camera, aware of the attention, attempts a response, but when none manifests in his mouth, tightens his arms around his mother. The End Mbuso is really fascinating because after Fakile dies, there is the burden that the eldest daughter experiences as a surrogate mom. We often think that the middle child gets protected, but actually Anela now takes over that burden. Mm. Mbuso has the opportunity to get away. And without being unfair on many men for whom getting away was often being part of the mining complex of the apartheid and colonial sure. regime, sure. it is also more often than not the case that it is boys in our patriarchal lives who who have the, the privilege to not be burdened by everything that goes on at home. Yeah, absolutely. So Mbuso, Mbuso has an opportunity um, when, when he does get, so Anele, Anele is smart when she finishes matric she also has this opportunity to leave home right instead she decides but then Muso pulls the stunt and um, and then she, she knows for sure that she cannot leave um, the family at that time but when Muso's turn right he he also um, very smart on his part he he gets great grades and he has this opportunity to leave the family and he does so right but he doesn't return right and and the family just has to get on without without Mbuso because I suppose boy children can, right? Mm. Um it and, and and although it is spoken about it and the, although there's disapproval, especially from Auntie Betty. Auntie Betty is very vocal and is not happy with the situation. Mm. But there just mm. seems to be an acceptance by everyone that Mbuso has done that. Imagine if Anele had 
you know, had been the one who left, she would never have had the end of it. You know, yeah. So there is the uh, uh, society as families. I'm just going to talk about families because I mean, Mm. it it all starts there, right? That's right. Let's hold that thought. We're going to come back to it. Literature corner. 26 minutes before noon, we're wrapping our conversation that we're having about this beautiful, moving novel, The Ones with Purpose, uh, written by Nozizwe, Cynthia Jelen. Make sure that you go get yourself a copy if you haven't already. It really is well worth your time and very different to her successful novel, Happiness is a Four-Letter Word, and that's because human life is complicated. I interrupted you there. Apologies. We had to go to news. You wanted to meditate on, on family family life, and of course, there's a reason why Mbuzo has this opportunity to leave and to be angry with mum, but Anela can't be angry. She's got yeah. to roll up her sleeves. Yes, yes, yes. It's, and, and, and it's just the way we treat um, we treat men and boys in, in, in our families. I, and, and, and I see it even now in my own family, how we treat the nep- the, ne- the nieces and the nephews. There's just an expectation that um, um, girls need to perform a certain certain duties, need to act in a specific way. And then for boys, I see it with my nephew. It's a negotiation, right? For every little bit of anything that you want him to do, it's almost like you have to negotiate with him, and he has a say. And it just becomes that. And we allow that. And and it's just like. Why we're not changing the status quo, and then we wonder why things are not are not changing. Yeah, so so Mbuso got away with everything, and Mbuso comes back like you know, like walls is back into this family, and everybody is so happy to see him. Um, no one really has taken a moment. So fine, maybe not at the, the specific particular moment, but no one has really taken the time to just sit him down and say, you know, what you did was not kosher. Um, and you need to, um, yeah, you, you, you need to apologize for that because he does owe the family an apology. And in fact, his protection in terms of his space to be angry, to, in a sense, revolt against some of the more difficult parts of their collective childhood, mm. that privilege goes even into his marriage. Yeah, yeah. Because it is yeah. the wife who tries to, yeah, yeah. to reach out to his family to try and understand who's this man that I married, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, and and he doesn't, and understandably, you know, you you can understand that um, he was he was a wounded child. He he never had that love that Figile had and Anele when Umama and Baba were still okay, right? And so they always sure. and they always default to that, um, even themselves to thinking about those um, days um, and what it meant to be loved. So they've always known that Mbuso didn't. But that's not that doesn't justify his behavior, right? That doesn't justify mm. him seeking a solution to 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 his past. And in, 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 he's a victim. He's just a victim through mm. through and through. And yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Two final questions for you, just to do a bit more signaling of what else readers can expect in this wonderful novel of yours if mm. they pick it up, which I know that they will. Teaser is also very interesting, right? So, teachers in our communities. Other fellow authors, including some of our friends, have also done quite well in some of their work to to deal with the teacher in our community. Mm. Teachers in our communities are fascinating and, and, and men with, with power, economic power, mm. because they have respect that we ascribe to them in virtue of wearing a suit, having a tie, and having gone to a teacher's training college. And being day, a teacher. And being a teacher. Yes. And at the same time, we we and because of that, we're often reluctant to talk about predation, mm. 
mm-hmm. and inappropriate relationships. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, we do, we do, and it 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 is so it's just common, and it almost feels like it's accepted, and 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 we let it happen unless a girl then gets pregnant, and yeah. and who gets penalized for that? Never the teacher, mm. right? It's mm. it's the girl. It's just one of those common, like those um, common things that have happened in our society that have become that we've normalized, um, and, and 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 we're not we're not we're not changing it. And 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 if you do do try to to do that, there's always just that hush, you know, like no, don't do that. We don't we don't do that. He's a teacher. He's a teacher, and he's there. He's supposed to protect you, yeah. um, but then he takes advantage. And and this co- and, and and I think it is very very common. Um, I don't know whether it's a class thing. Um, I, I I I haven't. I, I I doubt though. I I think it just happened across all races, all classes. Um, if you're faced with a predatory teacher, they will exercise. You know, they will exercise their rights, and especially when they know how much they can. Um, how how they can uh, extend their influence, and in particular with Figueres' um, case, remember also the principal is also of dubious character, so he knows he is protected yes, he um, is. from 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 whatever he's doing. And then there's a family. There's a with with, with Teaser, there's There was another incident, and the family tried to rise up, but. Yeah, that that kind of went away. So it's 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 a teacher. It's the power that you give. It's the respect that you 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 give to your teacher, right? Because they are teachers. Um, but also it's the it's how they play the the yeah, situation right. and 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 very cleverly. So and in Figile's case, I mean, it was really a case of class as well. Because had Figile not needed that, had had Ubaba been there, had they continued their lives as they were in their childhood, she probably would not have um, gone that way with his A portrait of family life anywhere in the world and in particular black family life in Mzanzi would be incomplete without secrets. There are these wonderful vignettes. You've got to close your ears if you don't want one of the inflection points in the plot to be given away round about now. (laughs) I, I love it when we also discover that you can be a complex female character that possibly entered into a lopsided relationship with this older gentleman because of his economic power, but you still have agency. Mm. You still have opportunity for an affair. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. a family secret that suddenly Anelia is burdened with. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's <laughs> figure a sweet victory. <laughs> I, I absolutely love that because it is true to the complexity of all our, of all of our lives. Mm. The book isn't anti-male. Nor does no. it portray the women as flat characters that have things only done to them. To They're them. not only subjects. No, 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 no. And and they are they are, they have their own flaws. They are strong on yeah. one hand, but yes, yes, they are. They also <laughs> have their own flaws. But I needed to give some figure something, right? Yes. And that just that just felt that just felt right. I've gotten a lot of uh, flack from men. Really? Just, yeah, that particular. I love situation. that, but I, I like messy lives. Yeah, because like, even even the man that she had a dalliance with. Yeah. Um, I love him to bits. I wanted him to be more prominent. I thought, oh man, why didn't he figure why in the story? He, uh, he sounds yeah. hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah he sounds yeah, fabulous. Yeah. He does. Yeah. yeah. So, so it was important for me to give to give that narrative for for Figile and um and I. It was my best chapter writing, yeah, I writing, I'd giving Let's take her one, that. Yeah. One call. Everyone is riveted by this conversation, <laughs> but one of my faves is on the line. Bongi, where? Hello. Thank you so of much for calling course. in. Of course, and I am your only fave. <laughs> <laughs> I 
one and only. I heard you. One and only. I heard you. <laughs> Anywho, hello, Cynthia, darling. Hello. I loved your book, and I was so privileged to receive a side copy. Oh, nice. Friend. Oh, yes. 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 Nice. You're not the only one to see the act. What, did, the what did you like about it, Bongiwe? My mom passed on almost a year ago. Mm, I'm so and sorry about that. this book came in, thank you, baby. Mm. This book came into my life and forced me to start to deal with myself mm. and my family in the new shape that it had taken yes. after my mom had passed on. Mm-hmm. And with all the turbulent relationships that we had between my mom and myself, I realized just how powerful she was. Yes. And now that she's gone, I'm forced to deal with the Muto in my life. And 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 <laughs> in my life. And you're like, yo, Mutimo is You know what you're so saying is so beautiful, Bongiwe. I can't tell you, Bongiwe, how many people, when I posted about the book on social media, said to me, you're serious. The book's arrival in my life was timely. If you haven't read yes. the book and I say to you, this book deals with illness, dying and death, it might sound, sound morbid, but it's mm. not morbid at all, is it? Mm-mm. It is not morbid at all. It was beautiful. Funny enough, I read it in two days Yes. in bed, in hospital. Wow. And it was the best time I had in hospital. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Bongue. Thank you for your love oh, of reading. Thank you. That is absolutely stunning. And although it poses the question, the ones with purpose are dying. Who will be left to save the world? It's not a snot in trying a book, even though it deals with existential questions, eh? No, mm. no, no. Mm. And and even that is it's 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 not said in a way that uh, we here are just mm. you know useless. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think um, it it also comes in, in 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 that particular chapter because where he's coming from from another you know from another bereavement and it's um, just he's feeling down. And he, as he utters that word, but it also asks. I suppose it, it also forces us to ask ourselves, like, uh, why? Why are we here? What are we doing? Absolutely. Like, how do we make this life better for everyone? Mm. Yeah. Cause right well, now, part of your answer for yourself is by writing beautiful books. Thank, thank you. you for this one. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Nozis where Jela's book, The Ones with Purpose, is widely available. Uh, go get yourself a copy. It is absolutely stunning. Whether you are reading it at home or in a hospital bed.